Well, what a privilege it is to be at Faith Renewed this morning. Uh, many of you I know, some of you I don't know, but I do know you because you're my brother, you're my sister, and I thank the Lord for that. I, uh, I'm glad to see you here. I'm glad this third row's here. That's my family, and uh, it's good to have them with me today. And uh, up here on the front row, that's family too. I, uh, I thank the Lord because two years ago we put Terry and Angel in our lives and we had an opportunity for a few years just to pour into them and they poured into us. And let me just say thanks to David and Agnes and Bobby and Deborah for allowing them to be our children as well because that's who they are. Uh, I could say a lot today. In fact, I want to preach the word, but... I think I would really be remiss if I did not say something about how wonderful you are blessed to have people like Terry and Angel Rogers as your pastors. Amen. And I, uh, I thank the Lord for the privilege to be here. Jonathan contacted me a couple of months ago and he said, uh, we're going to have a special day for Pastor Terry and Angel and can you come and speak? I said, sure. Then he called back and changed the date on me. <laughs> but uh, I was available, so I said, sure. So that's good. So we're here this morning on 10, 10, 10. And it ain't 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. <laughs> it's 10 till, though. I'll just let me tell you that. <laughs> this is a special day for these folks. And we won't honor them. But I'd like to just begin this morning by asking, how do you do that? How do you really honor your pastor? You know, we can say a lot of nice words and we can give a lot of special gifts to them. In fact, we could even take an offering up for them and that, that's good. But really and truly, that's not the way that you can really honor your pastor. Because today I want to talk to you just a little while and I want to try to hold this brief because I know some of you are already ready to eat. <laughs> I heard there's chicken in the back. And a preacher has a very difficult time trying to compete with chicken, just to be honest with you. So I'm going to hold this as brief as I can. So you keep it a little, just, just give me a few minutes. Will you do that? Will you allow me to preach to you? Because what I really want to do today is talk to you about a more excellent way to honor your, par, uh, your, par, uh, your pastor and his wife. And in a sense, I want to not just honor them, but I want to bring honor to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he's the true pastor. You know what I'm saying? We are his vicars, we stand in his place, and we try to do what can be done for him, but he's the ultimate minister of us all. So I want to share a scripture with you found in the, in the psalm, and I'm going to read from the New Living Bible, uh, and it's uh, found in Psalm 40. I'm going to read verses 1 through 10, and then I'm going to read verse 16. And if you have, you can read along with me, and I hope that you have your Bible, you can do that. I like it because verses 1 through 5 really tell us about what God does in the life of those he calls into the ministry. So basically, when I read this, I want you to just think of Pastor Terry and Angel and the rest of the ministerial staff here at Faith Renewed and see what God has done in their lives. Then when I get to verse 10, excuse me, when I get to verse 6 all the way through verse 10, then I want you to see what God does through them in order to bless you. So let's look at it just that way. Uh, verse 1 says this. 
I waited patiently for God to help me. Then he listened and heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the bog and the mire, and set my feet on a hard, firm path and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing. Amen? Of praises of, to our God. Now many will hear of the glorious things he did for me and stand in awe before the Lord and put their trust in him. Many blessings are given to those who trust the Lord and have no confidence in those who are proud or who trust in idols. O oh Lord my God, many and many a time you've done great miracles for us and we, have ever, or we are ever in, in your thoughts. Who else can do such glorious things? No one else can be compared to you. There is a time to tell all of your wonderful deeds. That's what God has really done in the lives of Terran Angel. But listen now what God has done through them for you. Verse 6 following. What God's minister has done in response, and listen to it. It isn't sacrifices and offerings that you really want from your people. Burnt animals bring no special joy to your heart. But you have accepted the offer of my lifelong service. Then I said, see, I have come just as all the prophets foretold. And I delight to do your will, my God, for your law is written upon my heart. I have told everyone the good news that you forgive people's sins. I have not been timid about it, as you well know, O Lord. I have not kept this good news hidden in my heart, but have proclaimed your loving kindness and truth to all the congregation. Boy, don't that sound like them. Woo, mercy. Then I want you to listen to verse 16 because verse 16 really is their cry to God for you. Here's what it says. But may the joy of the Lord be given to everyone who loves him and his salvation. May they constantly exclaim how great God is. I think that's the cry of their hearts today. I think that's exactly what they want to see God do. Now, you know, when I read these scriptures, I can't help but think of Terry Rogers and Angel Rogers and the rest of the ministerial staff here because I know that that's their desire. I don't know exactly when it was in their lives when they chose to accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. I just know they did. I know that when I met them, they already knew the Lord. I wish I could say I had had a hand in bringing them to the Lord, but when they came to, to know us, they were already firmly established in the work of God. They'd already had a ministry going, and and God just allowed them to be a part of our life for a time so that we could sort of pour into them and they could pour into us. And and now they're here at Faith Renewed ready to share with you what God's laid on their hearts. But I believe they're wanting to do what God's will is for them. But let me ask you today, why do you think they minister? Why do you think they spend their time before God in your behalf? What do you think they put in the hours and all the phone calls and, and all the emails and all the work day in and day out? Why does Angel come early on Sunday morning and get the praise team ready? Why does Terry minister to you through the week as he comes to your homes, as, as he goes to the hospital or wherever you may be? Why do they do that? Now you say, well, they're just good people. Well, that would be a probably a good answer. But it's more than that. <coughs> because you see, I think there's something deeper that's involved in their lives, and just a desire to do something. There's something what I call Koram Deo. Now, if you've never heard that term, let me just tell you very quickly what it says. It simply means before the face of God. 
I believe that Terry and Angel do what they do and the ministerial staff of this church does what they do because they want to be before the face of God. They want to say, God, here we are. Did I lose my mic? Am I still on? Okay. Sound like I'd lost it up here. But anyway, I think their desire is to be before the face of God. Now, let me tell you what that really means. There's three things that you want to remember about the Coram Deo. It's simply this. They want to live in the presence of God. They want to live under the authority of God. And they want to bring glory and honor to God. And again, I ask you this morning, does that sound like them? Is that the desire of their heart that they could do that? Now, I know that God's will for all of us is the very same thing. God wants all of us to live in Coram Deo. And I want to tell you something today. Just because they live there doesn't mean that you live there, but that's what God wants for you, and that's what they want for you, that you can live in the very face of God. Let me give you a little analogy of what that means. Living before the face of God is like us wanting to really, truly please somebody we love. Now, you saw my wife up here a while ago. <coughs> I begin to believe that she's becoming the preacher of the family. I know she loves to pray in the family. But I'm going to tell you something. She loves me enough that every once in a while, she will fix me the most fantastic meal you can imagine. Now, she's one of the best cooks I've ever seen. I've got to admit that. But I have discovered that the older we get, the less used our oven becomes. <laughs> now, our microwave is worked Overtime. But the oven? No. It's not used that much. But when she makes her mind up, she can put a meal on the table that I remember for weeks. And I said, honey, remember when you made so-and-so? And she said, yeah. I said, hint, hint. But it's amazing because when she fixed that meal, I can see her. She sits down beside me and she'll just sit there sort of rear back and looking. What she's wanting is to see a smile across my face. And you see, if you really want to know why Angel and Terry Rogers minister to Faith Renewed, they want to go in the presence of God, and they want to say, God, here's our sacrifice. And they sit back and they watch as God watches the life they live before you, as the example they give to you, as the work they do to minister to you. They're wanting to sit back and say, you like it, God? You like it? Are we doing okay? We have a, a sweet little grandson that's back in the nursery this morning. <coughs> we had the privilege to go by to see him the other night, and we get to see him every once in a while, and this is Papa. That's Gaga. And when we walk in, it's all like, you know, Mommy and Daddy, just go sit down. Papa and Gaga here is showtime. <laughs> and he will get his little scooter, whatever it is, and he's gotten out where he, he can't reach the pedals, but, boy, he can use those feet. And he'll slide that thing all the way through the house, and he'll come back. Do you see me, Papa? Huh? Do you see me? Do you see me? He'll go over to their treadmill that used to be walked on that is used not so much for walking now but for climbing on. And Trent will go over there, and he'll grab hold of that, and he'll hold his feet up, and he'll look like, are you looking at me, Papa? And I say, yay! You know what that is? He's with Papa Coram Dea. He is in the face of his Papa instead of Coram Dea's uh, Coram Papa. But he wants Papa and Gaga to look at him and say, am I doing good? Am I doing good? I asked you a while ago, why do you think these people minister to you? I have no doubt they love you. 
I mean, I've watched the heart of Terry Rogers for, what, 10 years or so now? I've watched him with the youth at College Park, and I've seen him as he's become senior pastor here. I hear his heart as he talks to me about what God's doing. I watch how God has blessed this ministry where you went from the theater and God's blessed you over here. I hear him talk about his people, and, and then I hear his, his people talk about what God's doing. And Oh, there's something inside of me that just swells up, and I want to say, thank you, God. Thank you. But you see, I know it's more than just that Terry loves you. I know it's that he wants to say to God, God, may I minister to these people in your presence. And may I do a good job for you, Lord, because everything we do is to bring glory and honor to God. And he wants to bring you in the very presence of God the same way. You know, I remember all the years I pastored, there were times that I felt like I just couldn't do enough. You know, there, i got to be honest with you, there's most Monday mornings I would get up and I'd say, God, why, why am I doing this? Why am I putting up with this? Why am I having to go through all of this with, with people that are grumbling and complaining? Yeah, every once in a while somebody pat you on the back and every once in a while somebody say something good. But, you know, there's times when you say, Lord... This problem, this problem, this problem. And sometimes it's not just problems. It's just people who are struggling and, and suffering and people who are dying and people who are, are going through all kinds of adverse situations in their lives. And you know, I catch myself, God, why am I doing this? And it's so amazing because it seemed like you learn after asking the first, second, and third times that you know, you know what the answer was because don't ever ask God a question if you don't want him to respond to you. Because he will respond. Every time I would hear that voice in my mind say, because you're doing it for me. Do you hear me? You're doing it not just because you love people. And Terry and Angel know we love people. But you don't do it because you love people. You do it for God. And in the process, God puts people in your lives that you can love and you can minister to. But the bottom line is that you do it for God. Now, I want you to understand something. I think the reason that they're here and they're doing what they do is because simply they love God. And the other reason, if there would be a second reason, it's not only because they love God. It's because they're ministering here because they want you to love God. You know, the greatest thrill that you ever hear a minister talk about is not the, the size of the congregation. It's not talking about when there's an awesome worship team that flows every Sunday. Those things are fantastic, and that's great. But what really churns us good is when we say, let me tell you what God did in so-and-so's life. Somebody from this church came to our house a couple weeks ago, and they got to talking, and they were talking about some people here that had come into the church and how that God had ministered to them. They came from a life where they were just lost, basically. But because of the ministry of this church, they found Jesus Christ. And they said, oh, you ought to just see them, how they operate in the Spirit and how God blesses them now. Oh, I guarantee you one thing. There's a guy that got back in that office on maybe a Monday after it happened and sit there with tears flowing down his cheeks say, thank you, God. It's all about you, Lord. You're the one that's changed people's lives. You're the one that's done something for people. And God, I praise you for that. God, I give you glory. And I give you honor for that. Oh, I want you to, to know today. 
that there's a reason we work for God, but there's not a selfish reason. I don't believe there's a selfish bone in Terry Rogers' body. Because if you stay on the phone as much as he is, you can't be about yourself. It's about people. I'm serious with you. That's the gospel truth. Because he wants to take time for people. And I've learned over the years that if you don't take time with people, you can't minister to them. And I tell you why he takes time with people. Because he takes time with God. I've often said if you're too busy to pray, you're too busy. If you're too busy to seek God, you're too busy. Now, I've said all that, and I'll tell you this. I wish I could tell you in my ministry there was never times that I disappointed people. I look back on my life, and sure, I tried the best I could, but there were people that got disappointed. I can honestly say that there was never a time that a decision I made or anything like that that I really didn't pray about and ask God for and try to get God's divine direction toward. And I know there was times that people were disappointed, but I still did everything I could according to what I thought was God's word and the principles as applied there. And I wish I could say I never disappointed anybody, but there's going to be people who are disappointed in those circumstances. I wish I could also tell you that I was never disappointed. But yeah, when you deal with people, there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be things come your way that you just say, Oh, all right, Lord, just give me grace to climb. Don't, don't move the mountain. Just help me to, give me the strength to climb. I wish I could say that, but you see, that ain't going to happen. Because when you deal with people, there's probably some of you in this congregation say, Yeah, I remember when, when Pastor Terry didn't do what he was supposed to do. But you know what? Pastor Terry can say, yeah, I remember when you didn't do what you're supposed to do either. <laughs> it works both ways. But let's get rid of the fluff for a moment. Let's just get down to the nitty-gritty. Here's why I believe that your pastors need to be honored today. And let's go back to that psalm that I read to you. If you've got your Bible, open it. Verse 8, I believe these pastors can say, I delight to do your will, my God. I think that's a heart's desire. I think they're craving inside day in and day out and say, Lord, I want to do your will. Secondly, I believe they can say, I have told everyone the good news that you forgive people's sins. Anybody here this morning that's got saved in this church? Would you just lift your hand? <laughs> Praise God. God does a great thing. I believe that they've shared with you the good news of God's word. Thirdly, I think they can say, I have not kept the good news hidden from my heart. I've heard that here, here lately, Pastor Terry has been coming down preaching the word strongly. Nothing wrong with that. I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you listen to what God's word says, it will tell us that it's not an easy way to get the glory. It's a straight and it's a narrow path. And the word of God says that if you really want to be my disciple, how do you do that? You take up that cross daily and follow him now if i've ever seen a picture of anybody carrying a cross it hasn't been somebody with a smile on their face but what you've got is somebody that's willing to toe the hoe just so they can please god so here we got somebody that said i have told everybody about the good news i think the fourth thing is they can say i have proclaimed your loving kindness and truth to all the congregation i believe they've done that and then the final thing I think they've done is verse 16. When they would say, may the joy of the Lord be given to everyone who loves him and his salvation. May they constantly say how great God is. 
That fits them to a T. A few years ago, I was at a funeral home, and a young man that was just about to graduate from Bob Jones came up to me, and he knew I was a pastor, and he said, Pastor, let me ask you a question. If you could just give me some advice as a young minister, I'm just about to graduate from Bob Jones, and I'm going to begin to pastor and go into my ministry. What words of advice would you give to me? And I looked at him and I smiled, and I said, I don't even have to think about it. I can tell you quickly. He said, what is it? I said, maintain your integrity with God. Because, you see, if you've got that integrity with God, nobody can say anything justly about you. Oh, they can talk, but it's just no sense at all. So when we have that opportunity to maintain our integrity with God, then we understand that God can use us. Now, I didn't probably understand at that time, but you know what that really is? I think what I was really trying to say him is operate in Coram Deo. Operate in the very face of God, where that everything you know you do, God is looking down. In other words, I was trying to say, what I want you to do is live in such a way that you'd never dread standing in the presence of God. You don't be afraid to stand in the presence of God. Neither would you be able to say, I want to do for you, Lord, only when nobody else is around. No. Or I want to do for other people when you're not around. No, it's operating in the face of God all the time. When you're around people, when you're not around people. When you're doing things with people, when you're not doing things with people. Because you want to be in the face of God. Maintaining your integrity with God. I believe your pastors dwell in Coram Deo. I believe they're right in the face of God. And I would just ask you this morning, will you live in the presence of God as a part of this church? That responsibility is yours. They can't do it for you. They can do it for themselves, but they can't do it for you. But would you live in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and to the glory and honor of God? Will you be like your pastors? I know they can say, follow me if we follow Christ. But you can follow them because you say, they're in the face of God. I want to be right behind them. I want to do that. Let me wind up by telling you a story this morning. A few years ago, my wife and I was privileged to get some tickets to Greenville Little Theater. Now, I'm not a theater person. To be honest with you, I am too conservative to pay the money to buy the tickets. <laughs> some of you may say, cheap. No, I'm conservative. But it just so happened that Geneva's boss was going to be out of town, and he had two tickets to the Greenville Little Theater, and the title of the the, of the play was To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, how many has ever seen or heard about To Kill a Mockingbird? Excellent movie. I watched the movie. In fact, we enjoyed it. We enjoyed the play that night. Well, there was something about that play that really stuck in my mind. Now, I'm going to act for a moment like most of you don't know what the story is about. It's just a, it's a story about an old South when there was all kinds of inequities, when the, when the uh, Negroes were just faced to, 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 to live in, in an environment that they couldn't do anything that, that wouldn't bring some kind of disgrace to them. And the story has it that this black gentleman was accused of molesting a white girl. And in the course of the whole trial, and this is happening on stage, it's, it's evident to everybody that the guy is not guilty. But when the jury goes out and comes back, they bring in a guilty plea. And it's amazing because before that, evidently the, the main character understood what the law was, I mean, what was going to happen. So somebody asked him, said, you going to get him off? And his reply was, I'm going to do the best I can, but probably won't. 
But he gave a beautiful defense of this guy. And when everybody else was saying, you leave it alone, he stood there and he told the truth about the whole situation. And as far as I was concerned, if I had been on that jury, I would have took the guy and set him free because he proved that the guy was not guilty. Now, as you're sitting there in this stadium or in this auditorium, up here on this side on the stage, there's a balcony. And in those days in the Old South, there was uh, segregation. So all the black folks was up on the, the balcony here. And here's all the other folks down here in the courthouse. But it just so happened that the lawyer who was defending this black gentleman, his two kids was up here with other folks. And after the thing was over and they started walking out, the lawyer got all of his stuff together. And he put his thing like this. And all of a sudden, all the folks in the balcony, when he started walking out, just stood up. And the thing that really shocked us was that the black pastor was there on the front and the lawyer's two little kids was down like this and they were looking through the banisters down on their knees. And that black pastor looked down at those kids and said, Boy, stand up. Your, pa- your, your daddy's walking by. You know what he was saying? We're standing because here is a man of integrity. Terry, Angel, would y'all stand? Would y'all just walk right up here and stand and face your congregation? Faith renewed, stand up. Your pastors just walk to the front of this church. Do you hear me? Your pastors just walk to the front of this church. How many of you love them? Do you really love them? Now, I know all of you can't lay your hands on them. But I'm going to ask you if you would, if you can just fill these aisles. And some of you get here first. I'm going to ask you to pray for your, par- your pastors today. They need your prayers. They want your prayers because they're praying for you. So if you could just step out from where you are and just fill these aisles. I know all of you can't, but our youth pastors here, maybe they can lay their hands on them and bless them and pray for them and love them. Oh, will you, will you just do that? Would you just love them this morning? Would you pray for them and ask God's anointing them? Go ahead and pray for them. Would you do that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God.